Hello, you are listening to Talking Utter Slot, the podcast about having fun playing with toy cars. Welcome everybody. Today I'm joined by author, journalist and motorsport PR, Nick Garton. Welcome to Talking Utter Slot, Nick. Tell Hello. us a little bit yourself. <laughs> I'm ahead of myself. I wrote it and I'm ahead of myself. <laughs> Nick and I raced, go off to the typical start. Nick and I raced together occasionally at Farnborough Club, very occasionally, and race in the loosest possible terms because he's usually first and I'm last. But tell us a little bit about you and slot cars. Yeah, um, well, yeah, I, I sort of, it feels more like part time motorsport and full time slot cars, really. Um, it's uh, yeah, it, it's been a hobby since I was five. I was given my first set, um, the Scale Electric Grand Prix one, and dad bought some extra bits of track because he wouldn't abide having banked corners in his house. Um, it was allegedly for me, but he seemed to know everything. Like, I TCR used to have um adverts on the TV at the time and lane changing and stuff, and I thought, oh, that's good, I'll have some of that. And dad was like, no, you can't go sideways with those ones. I'm like, how do you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was the thing. It was always, he'd sort of sit there and watch me doing it and sort of mark my drifting. And, um, <laughs> that's, that's, that, I've never, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I've, I've yeah. heard of parental encouragement, but that sort of, you know, that's <laughs> I know. And then, then he'd sort of, yeah, leave me with it for days and, and come back and have another look and see how many laps I could do without falling off, you know. Uh, to finish first, you've got to finish. Um, so, yeah, that was all that. And then I got back into it uh, 20 years ago um, when um, I, we, my partner and I had two tiny babies and um, her dad had run a slot stocks club in Essex for 30 odd years. And we had no social life whatsoever. We didn't really know that many people locally. Um, and he said, well, there must be a slot car club locally. Why don't you go there? And it was Oxford. And so we were racing with Pedro and the gang. And um, they got used to me and a very sweary Essex girl and having a couple of baby cots in the corner of the club room whilst we were racing with the little ones sound asleep. Um, and then um, we moved to Surrey. And eventually Gareth, who was on last week, um, suggested that I join the Farnham Club. And, and I've been there ever since, really. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I will probably at various points dip into your, um, actually, I'll say you were very rich motorsport life in terms of what you've worked at and done. So um, I'm sure we'll, we'll, with models and things, we'll touch on all of that. But I know, and I'm sort of leading you here, I know you've been working on a bit of a pet project with um, a Spirit white kit, BMW white kit. Yes. So um, Avant Slot um, has reissued the old Spirit. BMW, and it is absolutely the old Spirit BMW, which is good for our club because uh, we have the Spirit BMWs as a class unto themselves because they don't really sit comfortably with anything. Um, they're sort of overpowered to race with scale electrics. They fall over too often to race with sort of sensible cars. So we just run them together. Um, and that's fine. And then new members come and the old spirits are hen's teeth and cost thousands of pounds. So it's really good. The Avant Slots brought the, the old car back. It's the same motor, same everything. 
Um, but I, I've got a real thing for 80s touring cars. It's what I grew up watching as much as F1 and everything else. But um, certainly sitting trackside with my dad, it was always, you know, British Saloon Car Championship as it was then was, was our number one. And uh, the number one car for both of us was always James Weaver, who who would throw these big BMWs in absolutely sideways and just keep his foot in and clearly having the time of his life. I think he was fairly fresh out of junior racing. You know, it was the first big gig for him. And, um, yeah, just totally sort of wild and uninhibited in this very nice white, silver and black. Um, CC Motorsport BMW. So it's always been a, a car that I love. And I noticed that Pendle had a, a white kit. Um, and there don't seem to be very many of them. And then I noticed that Pato had got the, the decals for it. So I was like, oh, well, you know, there we are. That's sold. The, the planets um, have aligned, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my club car is a repaint because there were only ever four liveries, I think. And we, yeah. I think there was a Jägermeister, a Gitan, uh, a Bastos, and then a JPS. Um, and the JPS was very late on. And so when I joined the club, there were only Bastos and Gitan cars. You couldn't buy them for love nor money. Mm. I did eventually find one, and it was another um, Gitan, and I needed to repaint it. So I did, because otherwise I got confused. Uh, uh... I know. Oh, I... <laughs> sorry. That's the that's the gasping of a Giton fan. <laughs> I not know. the actual, not the actual fags are hasten to our delivery. Because <laughs> well, the, the, gasp, the, the gasping of a Giton fan is quite similar, actually. <laughs> so, so... It comes with a shrug. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, sorry, uh, I interrupted. So. um yeah, I repainted it as a JPS one using Pato's decals because we were forever getting confused as to whose car we should be looking at. If you've got so few liveries and they're all identical and you haven't even got stickers on them to say what colour lane you're in, it's hopeless. So I repainted mine and it's fine, whatever else, but it's the spirit isn't, um, you know, there's a few things as a model you would try to change. And so that's what I'm trying to do with the Weaver one. So I've lowered the body down a bit on the chassis, which means it needs uh, a flat six that's... motor instead of the old bulky motor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've put slotted wheels on it so that they are a bit more appropriate size because the the the, uh, the old Spirit ones are a bit big. Mm. And just, yeah, done it as nicely as possible. So um, when it's totally finished, I which, which is very soon, mm-hmm. I will um, take a couple of picks and stick them on whichever okay. forums. Good, good. Look forward to that. So, essentially, you talk about the ride height actually, because it's one of the things with that model. I, I think the, I think the old Spirit incarnation is, is a lovely model. Um, yeah. And there's a bit more detailing on the, on the actual finish than there is on the newer ones. But that it just sits that little bit high. I, I had a kind of love hate relationship. I got one of the Jeton ones, and I first tried it, and I thought, oh, this thing's too fast, and it's not very stable. And kind of didn't use it very much. Plus, then it got expensive or valuable, I should say. So I thought, mm, the last thing I want to do is throw this expensive car off the track. But I've been <laughs> using it a bit more recently. And actually, I and again, all thanks to Polycar Track, because uh, it's nice and smooth, you know, so it does, there's no bumps throwing the car off. It's just 
my incompetence. Um, but I can do you know consistent laps, nicely drifting, as you see. Oh, it's brilliant. Um, well, I, I that I remember I hadn't joined BMW at that point, so that was before my time. But James was still there, um, and I think yeah, he was. I think he was just out of F three or something, wasn't he, when he was in that? Yeah. So, but yeah, that I always got the feeling they knew they weren't quite competitive overall because uh, I think the Rovers had sort of arrived at that point, hadn't they? Yeah. Um, so they just spent the race going sideways and bouncing <laughs> over, <laughs> bouncing over woodcut chicane to just entertain well, everybody. The race cars, and being geeky, no, really. Um, uh, that, <laughs> the race cars only had two valves per cylinder, whereas the road cars had four. Ah, I do. I didn't remember that. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. I guess I only were... learned that the other day when I was geeking yeah. out on on um, six three fives. But yeah, I I, I did my uh, the one of the great things about when I worked there was you got sent on um, driver training, uh, and I'm going to forget the guy's name because I'm an old git now. But uh, it was an ex racing driver, who a touring car driver, so as from like the sixties, really. Sorry, from the seventies, and. Um, I'm going to, I want to say Mike Frady, but that may be wrong. But anyway, uh, so we spent two days at a 635 with him, and right. the bulk of it was on the road doing sort of defensive driving and all that sort of, sort of police force type thing. But then he would hire Bruntingthorpe for half a day and pull the fuse out of the, the traction control of the ABS <laughs> and go hooning around. And uh, it was fantastic. <laughs> And to this day, I still hear a little voice in the side of my head <laughs> saying, you know, something. So it was good. But yeah, six, it was a fantastic thing to do that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, the other thing I know you've been working on, because I've seen the pictures, is mm. some 30s Grand Prix cars. Yes. Now, this is, I mean, I've always had a love for them. And I've, I've got several unfinished resin kits. It was when I first joined slot forum and discovered the online slot community which is 2004 um all of these amazing beautiful shapes of the 30s 40s 50s were there in resin which i never knew existed was a thing um mm. and there were people like the late and much missed mac pinches um turning out beautiful renderings um mm on a very small scale. So I've got some of Mac stuff and um, resin's always been a thing. Now we've got, of course, George Turner, who's sort of the, the doyen. Uh, George used to make the patterns for, I think, Corgi models, the die cast. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, he, he used to be the man when it came to making die cast models in this country. Um, he's hilarious as well. We, we were chatting about the 70s and he was like don't ever let anyone tell you the 70s rubbish I, I, was, I was there i was quite small but i was there and uh, he said no no three day week two days on the dole down the pub brilliant you know um and a new capri every year so um <laughs> that paints a picture it does paint a picture yeah <laughs> um and but the thing is, George only does very limited runs. He likes the tooling to be just so, and when it starts to you know look a bit iffy, then then he'll he'll bench it, and maybe he will go back and redo it. But usually he doesn't because probably, as we know, cars of a certain era, there are fewer and fewer people interested in them. Um, like I've written books about old cars, and the rule of thumb was pre 
50 years, you're going to struggle to sell copies because either people have got every book that's out there hmm. and they're on a pension and they, and they don't, I don't necessarily, yeah. um, or they're dead. So, you know, that's that. Um, so it was always <laughs> 70 and upwards. I feel, was, I feel worried now. I'm on a pension or I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I may be distracted for a moment. So, and I think it's the same with slot cars in that, you know, the sweet spot, He George is probably selling more transit vans, Mark II transits, than he is 1950s Grand Prix cars. So his range has actually changed. When he first brought stuff out, it was all sort of 50s Grand Prix and Le Mans cars. And now it's sort of, evolving and changing and george only makes stuff that he's interested in because it's his hobby as much as anything else hmm. um but the, his models have always been gorgeous and i've always lusted after them and i've never had the cash available when they come out and then of course they sell out and whatever else but there's a chap called peter seeger thomas who lives near to us in fact he runs a club on wednesdays between our houses um oh the one in eiffel yes Ah, yeah, I've been once. Yes. So Peter's in Eiffold. He's got um, this mania. It's a beautiful thing, his mania, is for wheels. Because he can't look at a car that hasn't got the right wheels on it. And when you come to 1930s Grand Prix cars and vaturettes and everything else, that's a whole lot of spokes. <laughs> and he... Um, he has got exactly the right spokes for all the different types of wheels, which he has done Wow! for all of George's models, because the models are such high quality. Yeah. And Peter has done these wheels amazingly. I mean, the patience of his other half must be beyond anything. <laughs> Certainly, I can't, I can't imagine the, the commitment that's gone into to doing this. But yeah, the the right wheels for an ERA, the right wheels for a, a different to a Riley and also union is different to a Mercedes, which is different to an alpha and all the rest. Um, and the wheels are beautiful things in themselves. And he sort of had stockpiled a lot of George's kits and had a few to sell if anyone wanted them. And so I did, and I bought some of his wheels to go with them. And I've been sitting on them for over a year, I think sort of trying to get up the nerve to have a go either at one of George's, out of production kits or some of Peter's wheels because when they go together, it's fabulous. It's better than one of the you know one eighteenths that you see, hmm. but you really have to sort of sweat on it a bit. So I've been doing those. I've been doing. I've done a thirty eight Mercedes Dick Siemens uh, German Grand Prix car, uh, a thirty seven Auto Union uh, Rose Myers Vanderbilt Cup car, um, a thirty. Five Alpha, which is Dick Siemens' thirty-six Donington winner, and I've just been painting this morning. Evidence on the fingers, um, the louvers on an Alpha one five eight Alfetta, which I'm doing as uh, Akilevatsi's Swiss Grand Prix car from nineteen forty-seven. I mean, I it's interesting you said because when I uh, this will sound like a complete non sequitur, but stick with me; it gets back to the point. Um, <laughs> When I was working, uh, when I joined BMW, my then boss, a guy called Chris Willows, was really into 50s Grand Prix cars. He was into mm -hmm. old. And he, I, they just all looked the same to me because I was uh, some brash 20 something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, they're all dull, you know, they're all, they're all red and they all look the same. 
And then over time, and kind of you know, drip fed you know editions of Motorsport magazine and one thing. And it must be said, particularly fresh in the mind from the weekend, Goodwood revival and everything it's subsequently spawned around the world about the kind of you know historic motorsport. I've so I've seen these things much more than I ever had before, and you start to appreciate what they are, and particularly how they go, how they moved. Um, yeah. And that's that's me. So I know when the mo- I know what you mean about the models. Now I would have never. I don't. I'm going to check myself. Have I ever built a resin model? No, I don't think I have. There's probably a few. The in fact, there are definitely a few. And I've bought them going. Oh, I'm going to do that. And I'm too scared to do it because uh, I know I'll just screw it up. Uh, so I admire you for even sort of starting them. And that's <laughs> why I was delighted when Cartrix did their range of. Um, you know, the oh, a lot of things, pretty much the sort of standard, the, the, the Alphas, the Ferraris, the all that stuff, even the Bugatti and the Gordini, I think. And um, so I kind of bought a few of those at the time. And then more recently, I've been sort of sneakily scouring the depths of corners of uh, eBay looking for un, unwary you know, relative selling, <laughs> selling off. You know, grandpa's old toys, you know, was that worth it? <laughs> oh, not very much. Not very much. And um, so they're, and they're by no means are they a patch on the kind of thing that you're, you're building. But for me, who wouldn't build it, they're lovely. But I, I, I get the significance of the wheels. Because um, yeah. I think even, I remember with the die casts, for me, die casts really changed when many champs came along not just because of what they were making, but because they got the wheels, the, the look and feel of the wheels was right. And up yeah. till that point, Diecast had been kind of toyish. Um, and suddenly the model somehow or other became more realistic. You can touch wood, because I'm making several, have a fairly <sighs> rubbish body, but the wheels make it look good. Like the the, um, the, the Ford Capris that I make, the road cars, um, the bodies are better than the Scared Extra one. Um, they're, they're from... Um, Mel Alt's tin tops, which were, were carved by a good friend of mine, the late Martin Field. Um, and Martin was an ex-Ford employee, and he he always used to proudly tell me that when I had a an MGZT, he designed the rear wing on it. All right. Um, and um, anyway, Martin carved masters for all sorts of things, and, and Mel sells those. He's got a Dolomite Sprint, um, a Rover, a Holden. Um, and also uh, the Capri, which I've been using for my collection of cars from the Professionals TV series. Um, but the Professionals had those, well, the the the, the gear um, alloy wheels, and of course nobody's made those. And I did commission <laughs> some three D printed um, alloy wheels of of uh, the gear variety and. They are beautiful. What you can do, I mean, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, and Frank at GS3D did me a huge favor by doing it. And I was like, yeah, you know, they go on all sorts of Fords. And uh, I'm not sure he sold any others other than to me. <laughs> Although, to, to be fair, you have got quite a few Capris. So yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so so it, it, the, 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 the casting of the Capri wasn't. <clears throat> Martin's finest, in my view. It's still the best Capri that's out there. And as a Capri former owner and certainly lover, 
Um, I do have an eye for these things, as Simon Skellextric knows. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like me with the Rovers and Metros. You know, it's the last thing in the world. Oh, God, you know, you could just hear them going. You know? yeah. so, <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, so but the wheels totally sell the car. Hmm. Um, all you have to do is you know, paint them flat aluminium, stick them, stick them in a little um, scale thirteen-inch wheel, and boom, there you go. And it's like, oh yes, no, that actually does look like the right car now, provided you get the ride height right. So I'm sort of nervously chipping away on the on the body mounting posts to lower them just enough, not too much, and all the rest. So yeah, measure, measure, measure once, cut no, measure twice, cut once, all that good stuff. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I, Having said, in my buying up of old, I, one of the things I got, do you remember the old BRM? In fact, I think it was the, the um, Power and Glory. You're too young to remember Power and Glory. No, the Power, I'm not. And, the, <laughs> the Power and Glory re releases of that BRM. Yeah. Uh, and I had one from the time. Uh, and one of the, I found one on eBay, it was cheap. I bought it and it arrived with absolutely delicious spoked wheels on it uh, and sort of hard foam, not too hard, but foam tyres. It, of course, because the because the wheels are round and the axle straight and the tires grip, it goes miles faster than any of the other ones. <laughs> but it also looks beautiful. But that was again complete luck out. Somebody just chucked it in a in a you know along with the usual kind of stuff. And um, so I've no idea. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you somebody because it may be the, the wheels I've got. I mean, they are quite mesmerising compared to the sort of quite chunkiness of the rest of the car. <laughs> There's a very fine detail on the wheel. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. Apparent glory, I'll raise you. Supercharged. So Supercharged was a series, I think it was three programmes BBC did. You can probably find it on YouTube. Um, John Watson driving the cars from sort of the Bugatti through to the end of the wartime period. Got a vague. Was it round a lake somewhere? Or am I some. There's a bell being rung, which I think it was Alan Decadene. Yeah, and it was yeah. a, it was like a it was clearly just a path sort of thing yes. around some lake, <laughs> yeah. and he's charging about, and I'm thinking I wouldn't want to get that wrong, but uh, but then but uh, that supercharged. No, I don't remember that one. I'll have to use uh, YouTube as a friend. Yes, um, that, yeah, you, I, that, that's an afternoon gone now. Well done. Well, it's based on people say to me, "What do you do now?" I'm retired. I say I watch <laughs> I watch old motorsport videos, and uh, it's great. I've so I'm watching so many now. I'm confused because I've watched. I think I've now watched the 1981 Grand Prix season at least twice. Uh, so, <laughs> well, that was worth watching. It was well. I mean, you know, interesting cars, interesting people. Murray I got stuck G. in a loop of the 1974 Tour of Britain. That sounds like a Channel Five series pitch. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, <laughs> you probably. I mean, I know, I, I sort of think I know what Tour of Britain, but you probably should explain to folks. So this was a, well, you do it better than I do, but it was a rally and race, but driving yeah, around was, the country. It was a, a, a loop around certainly England, Wales, and Scotland, and um, every racetrack and many rally stages on that route were driven. And obviously, rally stages were driven one at a time, and races were just madness. There seems to be like. 70 cars on track at a time and probably they needed three races um and in 74 so james hunt had won it in 73 in a camaro and then in 74 <laughs> he was driving a Vauxhall magnum mm, um, yeah, well, yeah yeah 
because he was a. I remember because when he was, was it when he won or when he was winning the championship, he was sponsored by Vauxhall, wasn't yeah, he? he so, was, yeah. So, so, so despite Vauxhall being the UK arm of Opel Stoke GM, yeah. Um, the irony being, of course, the engine in his Grand Prix car before <laughs> <laughs> didn't seem to matter in those days. Yeah, it didn't seem to matter. Well, I, and I was watching it. It was it was on a real Jerry Marshall bender as I was at the time because he was a good friend of my mum and his son Greg is my age and um, we rub along. He's going to come to the club at some point soon, um, hopefully on his way to or from Goodwood. Um, and um, yeah, I was sort of watching and there was a 76 documentary about Jerry with the big Bertha um, and everything else. And um, that was, we, yeah. should, we should explain that was a car. Yes. <laughs> Again, Jerry just... Was- <laughs> not that kind of video yeah no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so jerry was a big lad and he needed big cars and uh yeah he big bertha was a um it was a not a victor was it a, a victor well there was um, big bertha and baby bertha wasn't there i think yeah. big, big bertha was the was that a ventura is that what it was called something, something like, that. like that anyway big, big four-door saloon yeah gone right off on a tangent here um 74 <laughs> tour of britain jerry was in it um, and he was in a Ford because Vauxhall decided to place its money on its rally men and had James Hunt. And so um, as a free agent who really wanted to win it, um, Jerry was in a position to go, well, stuff you then, I'm going to drive a Ford. And um, it was him and Roger Clark in a team together. Um, you can imagine how much chaos that was. Formidable in lots of ways, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And they sat nose to tail like... Um, Marcin Fangio, um, you know, in the Mercedes, yeah. these two were in a pair of Ford Escort RS2000 Mark 1s, um, completely locked together, first and second, all the way through. And apparently, um, although we don't see it, um, it was decided on the last race, which was held at night, and the two of them were going round together, going round together. Um, and then Roger Clark switched his headlights off. So Jerry thought that he had come off and slowed uh-huh. down a bit. And, of course, then Roger got past and turned his headlights back Excellent. on again. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's wonderful. I, I, I wonder that Steve Soper did a similar thing in one of his spa wins. Uh, he was chasing, I can't remember who, but he turned the headlights off. Obviously, there was a bit there. And... Uh, or he did stop where we stopped flashing them, and because uh, it was daylight, it was really just turned the lights <laughs> over and it got past. Um, but hearing you talk about, I think clearly uh, Simon, if you're listening, and I think he does, he doesn't like to admit it, but I think he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Simon, the product manager at Skelectric. Simon, uh, clearly next year special gift set: two escorts, Jerry Marshall and um, Roger Clark, Tour of Britain, 1974. There's two customers, and there's bound to be more. <laughs> with one thirty-second scale table yeah. with lots of beers lined up on it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That could be. I'm sure that could be easily done by the three D printers. That would be good. <laughs> oh, we could get excellent. Um, we probably. So people, I think, have wondered we offer a tangent, but it's great stuff. Um, I'm now going to have to go and find out on YouTube. Um, just to kind of drag us back a little bit onto to more definite slot cars, <laughs> as you, as you know, as a, a regular size back down to thirty seconds. because um, I know you're a regular listener. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you might not be after this. <laughs> but um, what? You might lose uh, a few. Sorry, Canada. Yes, no. The Canadians are very committed. I think it's yeah. I think it's very quiet over there. Um, <laughs> the, 
The um, what do you know? One of the things is what caught your eye. What have you seen that sort of gone? Oh, that's bloody awful. Or oh, I really need one of those. So, um, I, I think it was. We probably segue out of thirties Grand Prix, I think, because I think there's one that we both kind of. Yes. Uh, so Pendle um, has announced this week that it's got a Auto Union C type, uh, which is the V16 car used in 36 and 37. Um, and I do know um, that it's actually a George Turner molding. So um, because when I was talking to George 18 months ago. And I said, um, oh, you know, I'd really want one of your auto unions and you've sold them all. And he went, well, don't worry, because I've just sold the mold to Pendle. So um, that's good. And then I went to see Peter about buying some of his cars and there was an auto union there and it hasn't got a chassis. Oh. Which, you know, was kind of integral. I was thinking about maybe, I don't know, using one of the brass kits, doing something <laughs> like that. But Pendle has got, a new chassis for it, um, which they've made using the Polycar compliant stuff. So it it fits a quick motor straight away. It's sort of leading edge technology with um, a, a body carved by George Turner, which kind of sounds like the best of all worlds to me. Um, when you say Polycar, is that from the Polycar F1 series or just regular Polycar? As um, in the no, it's, it's the Polycar F1 because they now do sort of a, a universal chassis so that you can build your own F1s or oh. the uh, you can 3D print chassis to go under scale electric or fly or whatever F1s. And clearly Pendle's made a chassis which fits the, the um, Polycar F1 pod and mm. you can stick it under an auto union. Brilliant. That's so, going to be quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm gonna. That's it's gonna be quick. That because obviously the only things I see the aforementioned Power and Glory. I think was it Power. Anyway, I've got one of the old Skeletric ones. Uh, in fact, no, it's a pink car one to be honest. So it's right. not even a Skeletric one, which I think used the same mold, but it had the slow motor in it. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I'm not used to those things going quickly um, <laughs> or staying on. What, the, <laughs> the, the first um, open slot car meeting that I went to was the first UK slot festival, which was at Brooklands in 2009 mm -hmm. and we had james may there recreating brooklyn's out of scale electric track and then we had um a race in the clubhouse on the upper floor um with a big wood track i can't remember where it came from it wasn't far i think it was slough or somewhere um and it was for cars which had raced at goodwood in period at, at brooklyn's in period mm. and um i built an alpha 8c and took that and this was you know so four or five years after the first early bird meeting um and so the community which had been growing thanks to the online and um it was amazing and i i've got videos i think they're on youtube I, I took on the day i was hopeless utterly hopeless and my car fell completely to bits there was more tape than <laughs> resin um that was circulating I did some fast laps, but I couldn't do it consistently. And every time I came off, another fairly major body component disappeared forevermore. Um, so Nuvolari lost most of his limbs and a radiator and an exhaust. Um, Steve Francis, who won the overall event, he whittled a beautiful Alpha Monza out of, I think, Balsa Wood. 
um, and stuck that on brass. And these things were absolutely honking round. They had to have, I think it was 28,000 RPM motors, handout jobs, mm-hmm. which Sean had. And so that was your entry fee. Yeah. Um, and Sean was sitting under Concord um, uh, soldering people's motor wires Ooh. onto their motors that they just bought to enter for hours and hours and hours. Um, bless him. But um, it gave us all a lot of fun, that's for sure. So, yeah, I mean, I think a polycar chassis under a 1930s car, but it'll give it the same sort of power that a, an original Auto Union had, which is it, impressive. Yeah. Too much, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I Possibly, as ever, being greedy, does this mean that they're going to do some more? Do you think they'll do more? I hope oh, I so. I mean, the brass chassis that they have, like the kits from um, Penelope Pit Lane, they're very user friendly, but you still probably ideally need a bit more of an idea than I've got. I've built one or two, but they're not very good. And I know that you know, most people um, in that area of the hobby slash sport, as it is when you go off and do these open events, um, if there's a class that's accessible for people, if there's a way to just screw together a polycar chassis that's you know adjustable, mm. I think that's the best thing possible to make these cars continue. Everyone's now in the 3D game and, and, you know, 3D chassis have dominated in slot rally. 3D chassis are what people seem to go, are the go-to for racing Le Mans style cars or GTs. Um, Yes. If you're interested in thirties, forties, fifties cars, you, you probably are somebody that's interested in, carving your own piece of brass into a chassis and, and whittling and probably have a briar pipe or two. But um, you, sh- you, you maybe there's a new lease of life for it all through these kind of things. And I think that um, certainly in terms of making an accessible, high-quality car of the period and sticking it on sale, Pendle's got the, the right thing there. Uh, but, they've, you know, their Penelope pit lane range, I, I was looking through them last night because I was looking to see if the chassis is available yet as a as a thing in itself for my mm. auto union. And it isn't. So I've emailed Sean, hopefully. Um, but I was going through the site and it's like, oh, that Gordini. I'd really like that. Oh, the Super Squalo. <laughs> I really like that. Oh, I haven't got a Fiat 500, uh, Ferrari 500. Damn, need one. Yeah. Um, but then uh, I'm going to have to go to back to Peter and ask for lots more of his wheels, and then sit there for two I, years. I can I can see the Farnham boys listening, thinking, "Oh God, he's going to select 50s Grand Prix as a class." I can <laughs> see it coming. Well, not one of those for scale electric, but we we turn the volts down to uh, we go down to 10 volts, um, which makes the squirrely. Um, FF motor, like the Cooper and the um, mm. Ferrari Shark Nose, uh, workable, and it makes the like the van. You can drive a, a Van Wall or a Maserati with the magnet out, pretty much flat out all the lap because with the standard motor, ten volts isn't very much. No, but I, I I whip the magnets out of all of mine, and I run usually run them at nine volts just to because it keeps it's enough, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, they're they're on particularly the minute. But that's which is why again. Off the shelf revelation for me was that polycar transformer that you could just change the the click of click of a switch, suddenly it's usable for all. It brought to life you know these lovely cars I've had. Going 
I wish they'd go a bit slower. Uh, <laughs> and people would say, people would say, just remotor it. Go, what? Do you know how difficult it was just to get the magnet out? Remotor it? <laughs> anyway, and as regular listeners will know, oh, actually, they might not. I don't know if I've told the story about me blowing up two Transformers trying to get an SCX motor to work. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. <laughs> 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 yeah, if don't ever hand me something that needs electrically doing, just as a <laughs> just as a tip, it's not not going to happen very well. Um, well, I mean, again, that's uh, I think I should that Pendle. I've said this before. Actually, it's interesting, and again, I I think with uh, Mark and Julie do the same thing with the uh, sort of reproduction of old parts for cars. Yeah. So that think bringing old things back to life, making them use So you need a you know you need a few parts to do it, or you need a new chassis to do it, and it's very difficult for most people to do that in a kind of one off or two off way. These sort of things are great for digging all that out. Um, in a completely different way, for someone who's doing back to caught my eye was um, and I'm a bit conflicted because it's the Carrera KTM Expos, which. I think technically running GT3, not quite mm. sure how from a homologation point of view, but anyway, I think they do. Uh, it's a German thing uh, or an Austrian thing, and um, but they look fantastic because they don't look. They look like sort of they look like the sort of thing I might have drawn when I was eighteen, you know, kind of, and uh, and the liveries on them are fantastic. So, uh, but I've just you know the issue. Oh, Carrera tires, etc. But I think I mentioned to you the other day. What's what's made that all possible again is the fact that there's the NSR tire, um, which fits straight on. If it's the Carrera GT3, which for those who want to know, it's a five two o eight Evo, yeah. fits straight on. No, you don't have to measure anything. You don't have to decipher curious numbers. You just go, give me the one that fits the Carrera GT3, and it's an NSR five two o eight, and they're still very heavy, but they yeah. now lap you know, respectably close to, on my track's quite twisty, so traction really matters. Top speed's not really an issue. <laughs> traction respectably really close to an SCX. Sideways. Side, sideways. sideways. <laughs> I've got, uh, seriously. I mean, you would laugh. If we put it on you know, a big club track, the sideways would romp away because it was got much higher top speed. But around my little, effectively, you know, two or three table tennis table size um, uh track with lots of hairpins in it yeah, they're not too bad they don't quite slow down enough but it's good uh, so I'll probably will but um, it's not really caught my eye because I, th- I pre-ordered it back in January yeah. uh, is the Michael Fassbinder 911 the green one yes. made famous by the um, I, I, the I famously am not a fan of Carrera but I have <laughs> actually suggested um, I and, thought you were going to say you don't like Michael Fassbender for a minute. <laughs> I quite like Michael Fassbender um, when he's got his X Men helmet on, um, making everything fly. But um, no, we, we've we almost have eradicated Carreras from the uh, Farnham <laughs> Farnborough Park Scale Electric Club um, schedule. We we except we those. Except those classics that we've been running this for up exactly. in the last so few weeks. The classics were almost killed off at the last AGM because there's such a big difference between the car, the modern cars with magnets and the old cars with magnets because um, they're so much more powerful magnets that you just basically have to buy a new car. And so that was getting everyone grumpy. So we said, well, they're American cars. They're supposed to go sideways. Let's just take the magnets out. 
And what has resulted is just a shambles. Um, if we get to three laps, it's amazing. Um, they're just hopeless. And I went to Austria earlier this year for a rally and there was a toy shop in town and they sold Altman tires and they sold nothing but Carrera. So going into a, a toy shop with just an aisle of all Carrera, it was all digital. I went in and, and the guy sort of was like, yes, can it help you? I said, yeah. Um, have you got anything that's not digital? Nine. We only have the digital. What are you racing in England? I see the <laughs> not career <the> digital. <laughs> yes, as you say, <laughs> the great tradition of uh, accents on talking of the slot <laughs> goes on. Fantastic. <laughs> so I take. <laughs> Going back to the Ortmans, though, so was that a kind of thing? If you buy a Carrera, get some Ortmans because you're going to need them in two weeks, or what was? Yeah, I, 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 I was determined to come out of this shop having bought something relevant to my life because how often do you find a toy shop that sells slot car stuff in this century? Mm. You don't. So um, I went in there, um, and and I said, "Oh, have you got any tires for classic Americans?" And so he went through and we eventually found some for the only car that I've got that they fit is the old Ford Thunderbird. So it's a front motored uh-huh. Carrera, but it's quite low. So I'm thinking, oh, oh, I could steal an advantage here because everyone's running really high cars. Um, OK, I'll have a go. And no, it's still absolutely terrible. So... Um... <laughs> I yeah I, I've I've the few weeks I've been along I've had to borrow a car because I've got I think the only one of those that would I've got some old NASCARs or something with the tires are hard as this desk and um, but yeah they do seem particular and the combination I think of sort of Ninko track and with a few wiggles in it yeah uh, and those high it's that's a real challenge but yeah. I've tried going really slowly and uh, I still come off so it's but as you say, it's kind of over mercifully quickly because the races tend not to last 10 yes. laps. So. But then, being a contrarian and possibly a pervert, I don't know, I've suggested that <laughs> I buy... I'm hovering over the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> Some Carrera GTs for a class, for, for the club. Um, because uh they've now got three of the cars from when I worked with Weck coming out. The the blue Aston, the four horseman mm. Aston, the pink Iron Dames Ferrari, and there's a yellow uh Corvette. And then we just need a green car. So I'm thinking, well the Fastbender one, because although Perfect. I didn't do Le Mans when he was there, um that would be a sensible one. So um there's a class and everyone's sort of gone, yeah. And I think, you know, uh, we probably should have Carrera represented at some stage, and you we know, should. sort of cars you could buy affordably. So, yeah, I can see that probably happening for the club as club cars, but not yeah. go and buy yourself Carrera. You're you'll not be you'll not be sticking it on your dusty list then. You know. Oh, thank you, you've got me a Carrera. No, no, but you know, I'm sure you'll enjoy the KTM's. Well, I'm I'm gonna you know, I I had a. I think the challenge will be next time I'm in Gage Master and they're on the shelf. Yeah. You know, and it's that don't pick it up, don't pick it up. Don't, oh, look, I've picked it up. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm going to say we're about to run out of time, which is always the case. <laughs> haven't got through half of the things we said we would do. Um, 
So I want to say thank you to you for doing this one. I'm sure we'll do it again. Um, and we'll get even more into your fascination for these <laughs> cars. And, also, and you've sort of hinted at... I might have some hint- to show you as well. You yeah. some, no, don't do that. No. I've, it's, that's, I've got ear fix kits, which are seven years old and I haven't had the decals put on them yet. And that's good. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, thank, thank you for that. So um, as we're recording this on a Wednesday, uh, later this evening, um, we'll be heading to Farnborough for the club night, uh, and I'll try not to finish last. Um we know it's too soon for you to bring James Weaver along. Is it too soon? It's too it, James Weaver. He's, uh, he... I can bring him along. Yeah, I can bring him along. Yeah, I won't be. I won't yeah. be allowed to run him because he'll be considered modified. So I'll have to race my JPS. But I can. I can bring him for some laps. Yeah. So, okay. Do that. Um, and at that point, we'll see. Uh, say goodbye, Rose. So thank you to you. Thanks to everybody for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And say goodbye. Thanks, everyone.